Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Edge of Comfort podcast, where we explore the adventures, perspectives, and philosophies of world travelers. I am your host, Lee Thornquist, and thank you for listening. Today, we are joined by Hank Van Dillen from the Netherlands, and wow, are you in for a treat. Hank is an adventurer and blogger on topics like travel, advice, personal growth, journeys around the world, and other fun stories. He believes that anyone can live adventurously and can really do fun things with their life without much money or having the best equipment. Now, he proved just how possible that this belief was in 2015 when he set out on a journey to cycle from Rotterdam in the Netherlands all the way to Singapore. Now, saying this sounds cool, but when you actually look on a map and see how far these two places are from each other, you might think or yell out, wait, he did this on a bike? Hank's journey lasted 360 days, and he cycled 16,000 kilometers, or if you use miles to my American listeners, 9,941.9 miles and this brought him across 25 countries. Now he started all of this on a second-hand bike that cost only 195 euros. He had no visas, no specific route plan, didn't really have any advanced gear, not a whole lot of money, and primarily camped out each night. So spoiler alert, he was able to complete this incredible journey and he rode into Singapore on January 21st, 2016. Since arriving back home from this journey uh, into the Netherlands, he's gone on some other big adventures, like skateboarding through Scotland and through India, as well as doing some other adventures that he calls micro-adventures. He is now preparing for a 30-day cycling trip through the Russian Arctic Circle. I'm just getting cold thinking about this. <laughs> He departs from St. Petersburg in Russia on February 4th, and he's cycling north to Alta in Norway. So depending on when you're listening to this, he may already be deep in the Arctic, or hopefully have completed this successfully. His goal is to do this cycling route in, uh, that is over 1,900 kilometers, or 1,181 miles, in 30 days. And some of the conditions that he expects to face include only two hours of sunlight a day, temperatures as low as negative 25 degrees Celsius, negative 13 Fahrenheit, extremely snowy roads, and is also planning to camp out each night. So our conversation does focus a lot on his Rotterdam to Singapore trip, um, but we do end up by discussing his Arctic Circle journey. If you want to find the full show notes and links to some of the things that we reference in this episode, you can uh, find them at edgeofcomfort.com forward slash EOCP14. That's the number 1414. Um, And if you want to go show Hank some support or check out some of uh, his pictures and, and journeys that he's written about, you can find those at hankvondillon.net, and I'll also include a link to that on the show notes. So, let's get into it. 
Thank you, Hank, for sharing so much about your adventures. Best of luck on the journey to the Russian Arctic Circle. Thank you for listening, and let's go. Good morning. What's all the commotion? Wow. Are banana fish big? Same, same, but different. If I can't scuba, then what's this all been about? Welcome to the Edge of Comfort podcast with your host, Lee Thornquist. Welcome, Hank, to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. How's your morning out in uh, the Netherlands going? Yes, perfect. I just uh, I just started with some salsa music, and now I have my coffee like ready here. So uh, so yes, I'm doing uh, pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Um, I know there's a lot of things that I want to talk to you about today. Um, just looking through your your blog and some of your past adventures, which are absolutely unbelievable uh, for anyone, whether you're doing adventures like that or you're not. But um, I guess just to start off, you know, there's so many things that I want to ask about, but uh, I guess to start it off, there was one story that I was reading about that maybe at the time it wasn't funny, but maybe you can laugh about it now. But Mm -hmm. can you tell me about when you were cycling through uh, China and some sort of SWAT car pulled up on you? Oh yeah, yes. That was that was. I think that was probably the most crazy experience for me in traveling. You know, I was I was cycling up in uh, in in the south of China, a little bit in the south uh, around the um, I think around the Chengdu area, but then closer to Tibet. And um, and yes, at, at one point I just got you know you know two two black cars stopped and it was weird because it was like in the middle of the mountains there were only villages there, so it really looked like some organized thing that uh, like a SWAT car stopped before me. They jumped out and they grabbed me from my bicycle and they handcuffed me, and then they put me in the car and drove me to the to the police station, and. Uh, that, that was really crazy. So, and, 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 go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's it's a great story. I mean, the when when I came to the police station, they started to ask me questions. I mean, they, I, I couldn't talk to them in that moment because they you know they were Chinese and they didn't speak any English, and uh, and I was just sitting you know between like two SWAT people with with this kind of. Uzi looking guns, which was a bit weird at the time. I kind of knew, like, oh, this is this is just one of these more this Chinese strange stuff happening, which you know what normally not does not happen in in the Netherlands. And uh, and at the police station, I had to wait for like uh, for for half an hour when uh, when a girl came and she translated all these questions, and it was at it. I mean, it was about the. Um, you know, the, you have this Uyghur province in China, right? You know that? The what province? The Uyghur province. Oh, I mean, in, it's, Uyghur province. It's in a, 
Yes, it's in the west of China. I mean, it's a it's a Turkish minority of the of the Chinese people, and uh, and I used to cycle there. But there were some terrorist attacks at the time I was there, uh, not close to me, but just in the province, and. And I think from there, because they showed me this photo from a, a, a Uyghur uh, person, and they asked me, like, you know, do you know this person? And I think probably it has to do with my mobile phone SIM card that they followed me all the way. And they were like, you know, he, he, he bought a, a, a SIM card in the Uyghur province and then cycled through. I mean, and then he's moving to all China. I mean, they follow everything. They know everything about phones. You have to register your SIM card with a passport and stuff. So it's it's all this information they have and they use. So so I think from there, they, they just want to, to check me and ask me about you know what I was doing, and 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 that's that's that 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 says <laughs> that took me a day from uh, from from cycling, and uh, and 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 I I had to be three hours from the police station, and after filling some forms, I need to do my fingerprints on the forms, and I didn't know what's on the forms. You know, it wasn't Chinese, so so I couldn't not read it. But I was like, you know, I I want to keep continue cycling. I don't want to. I end up in some some weird place or something. So, so after that, I just put my fingerprints on the forms and uh, and I try to ask them, can I can I please make a photo of you guys with me? Because this is great. <laughs> this is a great experience. I mean, uh, now I know that I'm you know being free. In a, but they didn't want that. So so at the end, they put me back at the exact location where they where they uh, where they took me from the road. And that was a really, really, <laughs> really exciting day. <laughs> so you were essentially a suspect of these terrorist attacks? Well, Or did yeah. you ever figure out the exact reason why they had you in there? No, no, I, I, I did never. But I, I because they, they showed me this photo from a, a yoga person, and I was in the other, pla- other side of China, so it has to do with some kind of, um, what they they told me about this 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 stuff happening, but they told, they didn't tell me what I was re, what my re, relationship was to the to that text or that they why they suspected me in any way or why they wanted to interrogate me. Uh, they didn't tell me that. They just they just did what they needed to do and asked the questions what they needed to ask and fill in the forms they needed in the in, needed to fill in. And I asked like, what is know why you know but they didn't give me a proper answer for that so i i was like okay just let it happen you know it's it's all all good and 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 that's it so so that yeah so i still don't know (laughs) why it's wild when they came to get you on when so you were just cycling along on the road they pull up was it civil at all or did they literally just grab you and your bike and like throw you in the cars or were they like do any explanation before they grabbed you no i think um um like the reason that i that i that i felt that i was a suspect is that they they really like he, this jeep he he the, the guy in the jeep he ran the jeep before me so i couldn't cycle any further and in the back a car stopped and that was with the SWAT police officers we jumped out of the car and then this just two two guys took me from the bicycle uh one of each side on one arm and the other guy um the the other guy he, he took my uh bicycle and uh 
and he and one of these guys started to handcuff me but i i was like you know what's happening so i was just standing and cooperate with these guys because you know i was like flabbergasting <laughs> i don't know i was just like what, what is happening and then uh, and then when they took me in the in the car they they uncuffed me and they just hold me and uh, and they put me like in the middle of the back seat of the 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 black jeep and you know it, it was really funny because um at, you know the it's they need they need to do this i mean they they i think they probably someone told me like you know we have to check this person and then they did it and when they did it and they did all the formal stuff it became like a really like funny experience because they started to take pictures of me <laughs> and uh and and this jeep had um uh, had some like sc- dvd screen and he played like westlife on it you know <laughs> kind of kind of i don't know why but and and he was kind of proud of putting it on and that's when i when they took me back and it was really funny but yeah still still it was yeah it, it just grabbed me from my bicycle in in, in one moment Oh my gosh! I mean, at least they uh, they returned you to the same spot, but oh, <laughs> uh, that's so crazy. I mean, were you just like frightened at that point, or were you so confused of what was going on that you were just like just confused and just <laughs> I guess what were you feeling when that happened? Well, um, I had one one experience before um, because I I like. Like some weeks before that, I cycled through the Taklamakan Desert, and that's the the desert which is in the Yuga Province, and it goes all the way, like um, uh, all, all the way, like kind of near Tibet, and um, and most like most travelers, most cyclists, they don't choose to cycle through the desert because it's a it's it's an enormous desert, and there is no no villages, no much people, only one road going. But because of the that I was cycling there with a with a German guy and we came to the villages and there the people really like really were like like really I don't know, each village we stopped, like tons of people were around us to check us out whether what guys we are I mean what we are do we were do, doing there. And um and at one point always came and that was all always the same, the same, the same story again in each village. That like all these people came around us, and at one point there came a guy. He had a kind of strange hat on, and he was not looking like a police, but I think he was like an informer of the police. And when he came, all the people disappeared. They were kind of afraid for him. And uh, and at one point, uh, in one village, the guy stopped us, and he said like, "Okay, you you cannot continue." Because uh, we want to ask you some questions, so we were like, "You not, you are not pleased. So you don't, you, you're not gonna stop, uh, stop us." So we wanted to continue, but the guy really aggressively uh, uh, didn't want to, didn't want us to go further. And at one point, also the police came and asked some questions. And then at that time, uh, that was a few weeks before I was arrested. At that time, um, they put us uh, out of the area like the region because they have different regions and all these police officers are they they are head of some region so when he was like okay I'm, I'm gonna put this guy out of my region so it's not my problem anymore and that happened before so I a little bit knew like okay they just want to check me I mean they just want to know what I'm doing 
you know, and if I don't act strange and I just show them, okay, I'm just a traveler, it isn't my visa, uh, it's all good. I, I, I was, I was like, it's just, uh, when, when they took me from my bicycle, I was just thinking like, um, this is another weird thing. It's, it's, but it's a little bit exciting as well because sometimes you heard about these stories, but you know, because China is still a little bit communist and they rule yeah. the country yeah. as, as a little bit as communist. So, so you don't know, you know, because when, when I, when I, if, if, if it was that I disappeared at that time, I knew one would know where I was, how it happened. And it was just, if they put me in jail, then I'm just gone, you know? It's not that some country of anyone can do something about it. It's just that, oh, this guy has disappeared. Is he kidnapped? Is he, you know, you don't know. So I was a little bit thinking if, if they, they can do anything with me and no one would, knew, would know about it. So that was the exciting part about it. But for the rest, I was just, you know, thinking it's okay. It will be, it will be okay. They're just, and they, they, they offered me a lot of tea and, 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 uh, <laughs> And then, and cigarettes too. <laughs> I don't know. To, to just stress or something. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. But it, actually, they were nice people in the end. But it's just that they had to do this some in somehow. Okay. So I I do want to get back to to some of those like um, some of the more frightening things that you you did face on that. But first, um, I did you face a lot of pushback and um, setbacks in terms of from people, whether that was police or government officials or border control people, was there a lot of struggle with dealing with people along your trip? Um, well, I've I've been cycling from from Europe to to Singapore and 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 I think a couple of countries, if it's about difficulties with custom and officials. Then um, I remember Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan really good because uh, yeah it's Turkmenistan is yeah it's it's just I see it as like the North Korea of South of 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 Central Asia it's just that country you don't know how it is and how it's been ruled or somehow there are a lot of questions and and if you if you come there um, yeah police officers are are sitting on tables alongside the road, so it looks a bit so strange that you. I mean, normally I'm I'm not used to that, and 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 there at one time I I camped with a uh, with a Dutch guy I cycled there with, and um, and the immigration police they came to grab to take us from our campsite and wanted us to 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 get to a hotel, so in Turkmenistan you need to regress there. They say that you need to, and that's the same for Uzbekistan. You need to regress the way you sleep. So each time you you go to a hotel, they they give you some 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 paper where it's written that you slept there, and then you need to collect them all from each night that you slept in the country, and then you need to give them to a custom uh, when you leave the country. So that's that's the bit difficult part because I'm cyclist, I camp, you know, so I don't have this this papers, and I'm also like. I'm not going because you want me to sleep in a hotel. I'm not gonna sleep in a hotel and pay for it. So there was were some difficulties with uh, with the police about camping and sleeping in a hotel. And for the rest, um, not much except that um, that instead of talking about difficulties, that I was robbed twice in in Iran. 
not with a gun or something, but just, um, but just like, like one one time I just cycled into Iran. I mean, the first I think there was the 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 third day, and I was there, and you know, people told me a lot of stories about Iran. They're hospitable people. The country is great. It's a great culture, and then a police officer stopped me, and he asked me like do you have enough money with you because you cannot use your bank card in the country because the country is on a sanction you know so so you cannot go to a bank automat and just get cash so you need to bring some amount of cash into the country and when you apply for a visa they ask you how many what amount of money you're going to get into the country so at the moment the police officer stopped me it, it was like for me it was you know making some connections like okay this is just a normal check so i so i, I let him count my money which was like the most stupid thing i ever did in my travels and then he gave me back the money but instead of giving back 500 dollars, he gave me back 300 dollars. and when i was standing there he was running in his car and then he was leaving and and at the end it was not a real police officer but just a guy pretending to be a police officer and just robbed me from 200 dollars. so uh so and and you know if if that happens if that moment if you're cycling I mean Iran was in the summer it was a desert it was it was hot you know so it was it caused me a lot of energy to get through the day when with cycling and then if you have an event like this happening then it's like a little pushback like okay um you know if this happens <clears throat> more often that people misuse your situation or your vulnerability. I mean, I'm just alone there on the bicycle in a new area. So everything is new and everything is like, oh, shit, what am I doing? You know, this is crazy. I'm in the desert. Normally I'm living in Holland and it's rainy all the time. It's just flat all the time. And now I'm in mountains. I'm in desert. It's amazing. And then such thing happens. It's like a push down. And if that happens a lot, it can, you know, break your energy at some point to keep going. But Fortunately, I just I just had this once with money and once with a phone, and that's it. So when you face things like that, and and on your trip, it seemed just from looking through your blog and some of your videos that you were very open with people about your situation. You're from the Netherlands, and you're uh, cycling to Singapore. You're doing it budget friendly. You're camping, and you're being very open with people and locals, and obviously very trusting of other people with your situation and like you said mm -hmm. you're hoping that people don't take advantage of that um did you ever were was it like that the whole time were you open with people the entire time or did you question if you should maybe be close with people i guess um when you're interacting with people and locals did you ever feel like unsafe telling people about what you were doing well Yes, like each time if I if I experienced if if I met new people, then I was a little bit afraid, of course, that they didn't they 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 aren't going to rob me or misuse my my position. But I think if you, I mean, I've experienced it a lot of times, and especially when I came into into Turkey. Like the people are really, really nice, and 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 what I experienced is that in the city people are more cold, and in the city like there are more people, more criminals, you know, and in the in the areas out of the city, in in the lands and in in the villages there is not there is there is there is no such thing as 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 
as criminals from what I experienced. I mean, there are always people who want to misuse your situation. So, um, so yes, I'm always careful, but I'm always trusting people. Um, and from from another journey, uh, to to give an example, from another journey, I was in uh, in India on my skateboard, and I came into this uh, this touristic uh, city. Um, I don't know the name again, but it's like the yoga capital of India. And um, and I came there, and then one person, he came to me, and he asked me, like, oh, can I take you to some place? Because uh, I want to get you on a tuk-tuk, and let's have a talk together. And then at, at that time, I, 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 I kind of mistrust the whole situation because I, I know the stories from, you know, backpackers taken from the road and being in some situation of people are going to gamble. And then at one point they take you to a bank uh, and say, like, you have thousand euro debt and we want to have it now because otherwise you have a big problem. So I try to be open as much to people. But in the cities, I'm always suspicious about something happening because especially in tourist city, there are all, all these traps, you know, that people misuse you in some kind of way. I mean, you hear a lot of backpackers going to Southeast Asia for the first time in their life. And the first week they experience something so bad that they need to go back because they are robbed from their money and they have such a bad experience that they don't want to travel anymore. So, yes, you need to be careful in some kind of way. But um, but. You need to in in I mean in my travels and especially in my cycle journey, um, you understand when someone is really caring about you, and you understand when some someone is just caring about you for uh, for their personal reasons. You 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 can sense that if you experience like some some sometimes with new people, you know. And, and especially in countries as Turkey and Iran, it's like people, yes, people are constantly inviting you into houses and constantly I said yes. And constantly I was in their houses sleeping. And and like one time I, I needed to do a little hitchhike in Iran and, and there were two trucks and one truck took my bicycle and the other truck took me and for for some, for, for, for like a hundred kilometer. And, and yes, I was scared like, oh, Maybe the truck, the other truck disappears and there goes my passport, there goes my camera, you know, all these things. And it was like, then I'm feeling scary and I'm feeling like, oh shit, when this happens, it's going to be really bad. But if you are, if, if you are like driven by fear, you cannot enjoy your travels. I think that's just it. So you need to be a little open, but you need to be open and you need to learn that just some people can make misuse your situation. I think it's like that. I think it's just like experience a lot of times. And 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 again, if if I go out of the big cities, I I I trust people. I just trust people like hundred percent. And and sometimes yeah, it's 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 yeah. Then I sometimes I lose money and I lose my phone. But you know, it's just a phone and just some money. <laughs> with the with the with the robbery of your phone, because um. That sounded like it was a pretty tough, uh, not coincidence, a pretty tough thing that happened to you because you were getting hitched or you were hitching a ride by this guy on a scooter and you had a pretty good conversation with him and kind of seemed like a little buddy-buddy and and then after two hours of, you know, getting a ride by him and it seemed like you did put a good amount of trust in him, you exchanged numbers 
and then to have him just go off and steal your phone and just totally, you just realize you were just played for the last two hours. How do you go from that situation where you do put your trust in someone and it just is totally shattered and then move on and then in the next scenario be able to still trust someone? Uh, you know, what's your mindset going into that and how did you get past that total shock to you? Yeah, well, that's that's a that's a good one. I mean, um, yes, that, that that time I was I was uh, meeting a guy on a scooter, and again it was it was in the summer in in the Iranian desert, so temperatures were going up to fifty degrees, and it was a hard time to go through that. And then this guy helped me on his scooter, he, he, and and there was also like a big headwind, so it was all the all the circumstances were tough. And this guy took me with his scooter for for two hours. We had conversations. I had an Iranian letter written about my journey and about that I raised money for uh, for endangered species. And um, and 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 at some point, I trusted the guy. I was like, hey, he's he's, he's a cool guy, you know. He's, he's he's okay. He just you know maybe he's bored and just want to yeah he's interested in tourists a lot of people are yes and at at some point uh, after 2 hours there was a situation that he he asked me that he could call someone and i was like you know take my phone and the whole the whole time his scooter was his scooter was not going um past the 25 kilometers an hour so so i was like if he's gonna I mean, I, I thought about at that moment. I thought about it like I'm giving his phone, my phone now to him, and he can take it. But I was like, no, he cannot take it because his scooter is not going past 25 kilometers an hour, so I can track him down. But the guy was smart, and his scooter was going like 40 kilometers an hour, but he just didn't go past that kilometers during that I was riding with him. So then at one point he called someone and then he was driving off and I was going mad after him. And I was not mad because I was losing my phone. I just had like a three days editing of a new video <laughs> on my blog. And, and, and I was like, no, no, all this, all these videos, all this editing, all this hard work, I'm not going to lose this. And I didn't act accept the thing that my phone was gone so i cycled mad after him and then at some point i was like no i have to accept that i'm i lost it and then at that point i really was crying i mean you can check out uh, one of the videos like episode something uh, iran I, th I think it's the fourth episode the fourth episode yeah so so i made seven episodes of the whole journey uh just just uh, just eats eats uh, like West West Europe, East Europe, um, Turkey, Iran. I made all this uh, all these countries. I made an episode or all these continents. So I, you and I basically filmed myself crying about it. Like no, it's not happening. No, no. It's, and then the feeling of someone really putting your trust in someone, and then he then the, that guy misuse it in in any way. It's, 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 it's a feeling I don't, you know, it's, it's the worst feeling ever. And that's why I always say, be a little bit careful, trust people, but don't do stupid things. And the stupid thing I did then was giving him my phone. 
So I just had to put my phone on me so he could not steal anything and then nothing was happened. And then the same with the fake police officer. If I, if I did not give him the money, but I just showed him that I have the money and didn't give him, like this, the, that did, just the simple tricks are making the difference because in, in, in some point they see like, okay, we, I cannot rob, his, rob him, so I will leave. But, you know, just to, just to be a little bit careful about it. But that, at that time I was, I was emotional. I was sad. I was, it was, I probably it was between 45, 50 degrees. So I hitchhiked to the next city. I was getting, uh, so, so I had one shot with my GoPro of his license plate of the scooter. So I was like, I'm gonna chase this guy. So I went, I went to the to, to the internet shop, and uh, and 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 this was the crazy thing. What happened after it? In the internet shop, the I I I I I, I connected my GoPro to the computer in the internet shop, and just just took the took the took the took one screenshot of the of 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 his license plate, and then I told, or. Or no, the, the 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 owner of the internet shop, he he started a conversation with me, and I told him that I would just rob for my phone. So at and 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 at that moment, the guy, and this is incredible, he closed his internet shop. It was the middle of the day. He closed his internet shop, and he took me in his car. So there were two people also in the internet shop. He put them out, saying like, "I'm gonna close." So he took me uh, with his car to the police station. And he showed the police the photo, and he told me the story. So the police said, like, oh, but, you know, it's this is a license plate from another region, so we cannot do anything for you. So, and more crazy, the guy drove me to another region to go to another police station, which was the right re- region for that, that license plate. And at that moment, I came into a big police station, and 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 it was it was also crazy because there were still people walking around with big chains on their legs. You know, it was like being in some middle-aged prison or something. And then um, and then the police officer there, he he he, he was uh, advising us to go to a local dealer of the scooters because he could not give the information of the license plate. And at that moment, the guy was really disappointed. I was like, you know, let us go, let us go. But the guy from the internet shop was really like, I need to help you. We're going to get your phone. And it was like this thing to get back my phone was his biggest mission on that moment. So and then at one point I convinced the guy, it's okay, you know, it's just a phone and I can live with that. And then he drove me back to the city and then I continued cycling. But that was that was crazy. But because I was so emotionally and I was even crying and then after there there was another person which you know basically stopped his whole life closed his internet shop and started to help me to get back my phone that was the moment that i regained like you know positive thoughts and i was like you know this is great i'm i'm just living something and i'm i'm doing something and i'm not having a boring job i'm just wandering in a desert to get my phone back is perfect <laughs> so uh but yeah, it was. I I th- I think I think that moment. It's it's really yeah. If if you have that moment I, at that time, I thought it, this has happened like three weeks uh, in a row. Then maybe I would cut the journey and go back because it's not worth. It. But 
yeah, in the end, it's just pushing through, and and then someone else is giving you the trust back you lost, and then it's okay again. That's incredible. Not that your phone was stolen, but that uh, just that quick turnaround and and how quickly you can gain or lose that trust with people. Yes, and that's it. And it's you know sometimes you you think you know this is a bad world. There are bad people, and it's all shitty. And at some points you think. This is the most beautiful place. These are the most incredible people, and this is the best food I ever taste. You know, I think that's 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 just the perfect thing about traveling because these ups and downs, I really like them. If I didn't, if if no one harassed me, no one stole my phone, I didn't have these great stories about feeling bad about it, and then after, and then then again, and then suddenly feeling good again because you know life is not that bad, and traveling is great, and it's just that this these downs and these ups it's making it great you know absolutely yeah um i do we definitely will come back to iran because that's something that seems like had a pretty big impact on you as a whole but before Mm. we we do that um let's take a step back and can you take us to early whenever this happened whether it was 2015 or before when you started to formulate this idea in your head that you were actually going to cycle from Rotterdam down to Singapore, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but this journey took you 360 days. It was 16,000 kilometers, which for my American listeners is nearly 10,000 miles and across 25 countries. So how did you even begin to formulate this idea? And at what point were you like, okay, I'm actually going to do this? Um, I think it was, it was to do with, um, it, it goes all the way back to 2005. Um, when I, when I, when I went off school, I started as a bricklayer and that was my job. And then at one point in 2005, I get the opportunity to, to do, um, a, a corporation project with uh, Suriname people in Suriname. Um, and, and, and so, so I went there for three months and that experience about in, in being in another culture, we really had a difficult because the Dutch mindset is working really hard. And I think the American too is like, you know, getting up early and working too late and, uh, you know, and, and in Suriname, there is a totally like different perspective on that because it's hot. It's another country. It's another culture. It's, you cannot work so hard because, you know, the days are maybe too hot or something. So I really experienced like another life there. And I learned so much from that experiences that it awoke some, some curiosity to explore more like that. I didn't know what or how, but I just wanted to, a life where I, I'm not going to be in one place and just as surrounded by the people I already know for some years. But I wanted to, you know, uh, explore new cultures, explore new countries. And 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 at points, um, at at one point, I, I I wanted to stop being a bricklayer. So so I I I just at the time it was 2008, and then I went from, um, I. I I started uni- like the University of Applied Science. It's like a more practical university, and I started e- started to study economics. and And at that time already, I had the idea of going for a backpack journey in Australia. 
Um, but um, at the time I started my education, it was still four years to go. So I didn't. I, I knew that I I was going to travel, but I didn't knew how it was going to be. And in that four years, I did a lot of research about traveling because I was. It was a kind of dream, and I was just dreaming along and reading from travelers' experiences, reading books, and just you know, um, just know that you know what opportunities are there to travel. And at one point, I came to the blog of uh, Tom Allen. It's tomsbikestrip.com, and um, and he 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 released. He, he also kind of make make videos. He did a, a round. Uh, he, I, he tried to do a round the world trip, but uh, st- uh, get stuck in Iran and then married an Iranian girl. <laughs> That's his story, and he made a, 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 a documentary about that. And from there, I was like, okay, well. This is great. I mean, if I'm if I'm cycling, I cannot lose anything of what I'm going through. So, uh, I mean, if you take a train, then you're going somewhere in the train, and then you get out of the train on another point. But what's in between there, you don't know. You only see that is jungle or there's desert or whatever. But you cannot experience it because you're in the train. And I was like, oh, but if I'm going to cycle, then I would know what's there. And I would know what people live there and I would meet them because I can get off my bike at any point I want to. And uh, so that was great. That was like a great opening of like, hey, this is a great way of traveling. And I also like to challenge myself and physical and mentally. And that's also in there. And 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 at that point I knew, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do a cycle journey, not a backpack journey, but a cycle journey. And then from having the idea to go to China, to go cycling from Beijing to somewhere in, in Southeast Asia, I get the uh, one night I, I, I talked about it with my friend. And then my friend says out of the blue uh, when we had some beer, <laughs> why don't you go cycling to China? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then I was thinking about from, a, hey, I don't know, to... Oh, maybe it's possible. And then at one, that moment, I became to really understand that maybe this is what something what I want to do. And then at one point, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. And then I started to plan and started to do all the things, but I didn't have much money. So, uh, yeah, and from, from there, I, I was I started to plan this whole journey. And I think it took me like... I knew from one and a half year before I left that I was going for that journey. And, and also because why I choose to cycle through Singapore is that it's the most, um, or you have to go to Siberia or something, but, uh, or, I, or I don't know how, how long the Pan American Trail is, but in, at least in Europe and in Asia, it's the longest possible way you can cycle over land, you know, without 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 going on a boat or something and maybe it's the longest possible journey in the earth i hope so and 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 that and and in that idea i became to really interested in doing that and then then this one and a half year i planned and then at one point i i i i think the most the most uh, important thing was to set a date and and i set the date like six months before I was like, okay, that date I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna tell everyone that that date I'm gonna I'm gonna go. From there, I, I just went. 
so let's jump to the night before that day. So this is February 1st, 2015. The next day you're leaving to start on this giant adventure and trip. I mean, what was going through your head? You know, what what emotions were you feeling? What were you thinking about? I know your girlfriend back in the Netherlands was going to stay there and maybe you guys were going to meet up at some point, but you know, so the night before you're leaving, what was going through your head? Um I I remember it as 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 I I didn't really know I mean, I was I was getting, of course, a lot of attention from from family and friends. They were all like, um, before before the date, they were all like, you know, I need to see you before you leave and uh, wish you good luck and stuff. And um, and 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 I think the whole attention from people and the whole idea that I actually was going to do it. I was already thinking about it for six years and then the, the, the moment came that I really was going to do it. Um, I I don't know. I really, the, the night before, I, I slept kind of well. I, I, could, I, could, I could get my sleep, but I was, I don't know, I was really excited and like, it's going to happen, you know. It's it's. I'm dreaming of it of this like for many years, and now it's going to, it's going to happen, and 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 I don't know. And and with all this attention, it's like what what is going through your mind? And and I I couldn't I I didn't know how to place it. And and until the moment that I left and that I was alone and I was sitting on a bench after ten kilometers of cycling. And then, and and at that moment, I was really processing like what these last days had done to me, and how it's yeah, and how it is to finally be on the bike. So yeah, it was like chaotic, chaotic. <laughs> my mind, my mind was really chaos in all this, all these thoughts about, you know, I'm gonna go as fast as possible to Eastern Europe, and I'm gonna go as fast as possible to hot temperatures and. What 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 all was gonna happen? It's gonna be crazy. It's something like that. Did you have um, an original date that you were planning to be in Singapore, or because um, I know in the departure video, the the news coverage said, oh, and and he plans to arrive in Singapore in about six months. It was like right, <laughs> that was like the last line of the clip, and then I was like, well, that it said his year, trip was almost a year, so. Did you have an original date that you were aiming for? And at what point did you realize, okay, that's not going to happen? Okay. Um, well, at, at first I was, I was like, I'm going to try to do this in six till eight months. And, and yeah, the media covered it with six months because they, all, they always want to make 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 it uh, an even yeah like exciting more exciting story but, but um but i was planning it to do it in between six and eight months and uh, and after a week of cycling no no after one month of cycling i was like it's not gonna happen nah, i didn't think it by then but i i, I think in the journey with the i mean the first stop for me was Innsbruck. It was in Austria, and I met a great guy, and he took me to to, to go snowboarding, and 
and and I was really like, oh, like yesterday I was cycling and I was snowboarding in the mountains. This is great. And at that point I was like, I I don't want to rush this. I cannot rush this. This this might be the only the only journey from this like like so long in my life. So I need to enjoy this. I'm not not gonna go through that or cycle fast. I'm just gonna enjoy the people and experiences. And at that time I just. I just took the time. I stopped for a few days and then I met some people and they hosted me. And they asked me to sleep and I was like, oh, I'm going to stay here. And at one point I was like, oh, but it's not going to happen in six months now. And then I was like, I will but I will just see what, what's happening. And then I, at one point I decided, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go and I will see what's happening. So I didn't have a fixed date. I said like six until eight months. And then along the journey I was like, no, it's not going to be six months. It's not going to be eight months. I will see how, how long it's going to take. What was one of your... Uh kind of get back to right before you left I guess but one of your biggest concerns right before you were going or up in the planning process and and preparing for this before you actually got on the bike you know what were you really nervous about um well that's the funny thing I, I wasn't nervous about anything I was excited about the whole idea and I was excited about everything Maybe the few things were going to my mind was that I went through, through the Alps in winter, and I was like, uh, and I was having this uh, H&M uh, down jacket from 30 euro, so and I had a, a sleeping bag which was comfort zero degrees, so a few times I was like, maybe if I'm up in the mountain and there is snow, it will be <laughs> going to be very cold, and I don't know if I have the proper clothes or the proper gear to to survive that. Maybe that, uh, and maybe about the visas, because the the original idea was to go through India to Singapore, and in the end I went to China to Singapore because I couldn't get the Pakistan visa on the road. So so because I didn't that I I didn't I hadn't prepared anything. I was not worrying about anything. That's the thing, and and I just was excited about going and leaving. And then at one point I was like, it's gonna happen, and I'm going. And it, it's like, and someone told me before, I spoke to some people about it, and someone told me before, and and uh, and and she said like, um, don't worry about anything because um, problems you will solve when they occur, and that sentence it always stayed with me, and I was like, yeah, but if I'm worried about something, it's like, oh. But it doesn't matter because problems I will solve when they occur, you know, and 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 that's what happened. So one one of those problems that uh, stood out to <laughs> me, but maybe actually maybe wasn't a problem. But um, you talked about how I think it was in Armenia, and you were hanging out with some people and. Uh, driving around and your bike was hanging out and you ended up losing your Garmin navigation system. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and in the post you say that you were actually incredibly happy you lost this. So, you know, from something from an outsider perspective seems so crucial for your trip to help you get to point A to point B. Why were you happy to lose this? Well, I think, you know, uh, like life... In the Netherlands, it's, I mean, it's all about 
not not all, but you know, you 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 value like stuff, basically. You value a home. You value maybe a good washing machine. You value uh, an automatic dishwasher and all that stuff. And and I I learned that from the day I started to cycle, I really like kind of unstressed about all that. And 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 during the journey, I I learned that um, like stuff really doesn't matter. It's when you're cycling and and and. And at the point in Armenia, the, I mean, I had this this Garmin navigation, and it was really helpful to get me through a point. I mean, I could just point out somewhere in the in the map, and I was like, you know, get the route, and then I was just following the Garmin navigation. And 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 yes, then I met in south of Armenia. Um, it was it was except it, it was it was in the. Uh, at a place called Wings of Tatev. And if you're ever going to travel to Armenia, remember this place. It's the, one of the most beautiful places in this whole area, Wings of Tatev. And there is a, there was a little spot and, and some guys invited me to go into a cave and then swim in that cave, which is really amazing. And then after it, we uh, after it, they took me to their home to uh, to slaughter a sheep and to uh, to barbecue, and 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 we 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 kind of drink a lot of vodka. And uh, and yes, at, uh, I, I put it my Garmin navigation on my uh, on my bike, or it was already there. And from the car jumping up and down, it fell it fell down some some part in the way. But you know this Garmin navigation. I when when I didn't have it anymore, um, I really needed to think about where 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 am I going? What road do I take? If there is a, if there if the road like going left or right, I didn't know. Am I going left? Am I going right? And the only way to know that is asking people. Like, is this road going to there? Is this road? So I and then that from that point, I I started to ask the people more. Uh, where I needed to go and that was amazing because from there a lot of things happened because the people where I talked to or, or asked the roads they they asked me like what are you doing or can, sometimes I could not communicate it was dif- difficult but still they they always had some interest in what I was doing and normally if I went if I cycled through then they would look at me and like oh what is that guy doing? But they would not communicate at me. But when I stopped, it was the opportunity to have a conversation with me. So in the end, a lot of more times happened that I met people, they asked me in, or they just like told me the road and gave me water, gave me food. And 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 from there I kind of realized that um yeah, it's 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 all about the mindset. It's all about just going there. It's not about having the proper gear. It's just about the having the mindset to go to some place and 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 really being open to ask people to help you. Because if you have the best gear, the best stuff, then you don't need other people. And I think that is making the Western society a bit hard because we all can survive on our own. We don't need the neighbor. We don't need other people because we are 
um, we are happy to fix it ourselves and we can. But when you are in a position that you can't, you need other people. And there's always one thing I learned that people will always help you. I mean, this is this is like our basic nature that helping others gives us happiness. So 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 when I didn't have this navigation anymore, people would talk to me and and they would help me with finding the way. And the people were happy that they could help me. And I was happy that someone wanted to help me. So it basically made the whole journey better. And that's what I what I kind of uh, kind of experienced after that the, the, the navigation was gone. So I'm just curious. So sorry, kind of jumping around here, but once you got back and where probably cell phones and uh, obviously navigation and technology is a very prevalent part of society. Did you have almost kind of a shock with how much people interact with it, or did you try to continue that mindset of not relying on technology in your day-to-day life for obviously things that you don't need it for, such as navigation or, or other things? Um. Well, um, I when when I came back from the journey, I had a kind of mindset to to in, in, yes, and and uh, to, to to kind of not be dependable on any technology. But I think there's a difference between life here in the Netherlands and life on the road. Because in the road, if you don't have it, you just go by it and then you live with it. But I, I think here in the Netherlands, um, I I kind of needed to to work, you know. So uh, if I if I for example don't have a phone and read my email on my phone, then I'm 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 for example um, later in in the response, and because I'm later in the response, other people will do this job better than me because I'm always slow because I don't have a phone to answer real quick. So I think it's really hard to not go with the technology in 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 when you're settling you know it's it's almost impossible you cannot settle without a phone or without a computer i mean life is 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 now kind of circling around the idea of having a computer and having a phone so so that's almost impossible but i learned that in my journey i don't have to buy an expensive navigation to have a great journey or to travel I don't have to, I don't need a phone to 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 go traveling. So so that's why for me adventure and travel is really to to step out of the daily life, to step out of the technology I need to use to do things to a point that I realize that you know we are part of nature and don't need it. So so it's it's basically a little bit a balance between that I learned from this journey. And that I learned from losing technology and then living without technology. Okay. And so, because along the journey, you were uploading videos and you were uploading, um, writing blog posts. How were you, did you bring laptops with you? Or um, obviously you had your GoPro and phone. And I guess, how were you able to continue this blog and writing and uploading those with Wi-Fi and everything? What was your work process like for the blog well 
this is a, this is a kind of funny because how it started is like you know that you, you know there's one thing about technology i mean it's great but if it if it works it's great but when it's not working it's the most annoying thing ever right so <laughs> so so i started this journey with a laptop and it was a small laptop and 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 again i had like uh, i did this whole journey from i think probably around 5,000 euro, including flight back from Singapore and purchasing a bike and gear. So I bought this laptop, I think it was 80 euro, and it was a Windows, small Windows laptop. And I remember that the first time I tried to write a blog in Germany that I was so frustrated that at one point, I walked out of the place I was, I threw the thing down on the ground and I stamped on it because I was like, this is not gonna happen this whole journey. So, uh, so, so I basically destroyed the thing because it was so slow and it was not working. And at, from that point, I only had, uh, my, I had an iPhone four and I had a Nikon camera D 32, uh, three, two, zero, zero. So D three, two, zero, zero. And, uh, and a GoPro hero three. And the good thing was that with the GoPro Hero 3, I could uh, manage to get a Wi-Fi connection with my iPhone, so I could manage to 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 transfer the videos from my GoPro to my phone, and that worked the same for my Nikon camera. I had this Wi-Fi Wi-Fi uh, device which I put in the camera, and then I could make a Wi-Fi connection with my phone. So what I did. Uh, after I didn't have a laptop anymore, and that was, I think, the second day of the whole journey, um, I started with a system to um, transfer photos on my phone, to edit the photos on my phone, and also to write, in, when I was in my tent, I, I, I would get my iPhone and started to write stories. And then at some point, after maybe five days camping, I went to a hostel or I just made, made a stop to, to get coffee on the way and just uh, at the point where there was internet. And then there I wrote on my phone uh, with WordPress, I, I wrote the, um, um, the stories. And the thing I did was I used Flickr, Flickr.com, to put my photos on. So I could, um, I had this app where I, where I uh, edit the photos. And then th that goes the same with the videos. I all edit my, the whole episode, they are all edited on, on an iPhone. I mean, it was not good for my eyes because I was looking for hours at a small screen, but it worked, you know, it worked and it didn't need a laptop. So, so I, I transferred the videos and the photos to my, my, my iPhone. With iMovie, I edit the, 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 the videos from the GoPro and some I made with the, with my phone. And then I put them together and I, spoke into the because you have the this audio thing so i spoke text uh into the videos and i even managed to uh to subtitle them with another app <laughs> i mean it was it was it was really crazy it cost me a lot of time but um at the end i managed to make like a fun episode seven of them with my with my iphone and iMovie and with subtitles. So so the, it's amazing what you can do with it, just an iPhone. And with the photos, I, I I edit them and put them on Flickr. And from Flickr, I could get an M.code 
and put them in my blogs. So I didn't have to upload them on my blog. So I just used the m.code from Flickr. And that's how I did it. So I wrote on my iPhone uh, stories in my tent. And then some days I came to a place where I could have internet. And then I loaded uh, and then I put all my, my photos and, and, and text online and the blog was uh, up in the air. That is quite an impressive system. <laughs> Getting really thrifty with it. <laughs> um, so I mean, that blog must have been... It's cool to read, back for at least for myself, reading through that now, you know, three years later. Um, and it must have been really nice for... Um, your friends and family back home and people who are following your journey along the way um, to kind of keep updated and, and let them know what's going on. And for most of your trip, you know, you were cycling solo. It sounds like a few times you met up with people or just met people on the road that you'd cycle with for a few days. So even though you're you're keeping people updated on the blog and having a few random connections on the road, you know, how are you dealing with being solo for so much? And did you ever have really strong feelings of loneliness? And I guess, how were you dealing with this? Um, I think it was, yeah, I mean, yeah, what, what you were saying, I mean, if, you, if you're traveling solo, it's never going to be solo. You always will meet someone or, or, or getting along with someone who's being on the same mission and share a little part. But I, I think the, I mean, I've, I've did a, some, some journeys I did with someone else, um, some shorter journeys I, I shared with someone else. And, and that's great because you can, I mean, if you, um, um, Maybe it's it's yeah. Let me let me give you an example of of of, of one 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 time I really needed someone to share something with. Um, at the time I was cycling through Tibet. I uh, um, at one point there was a sign on the road that said like uh, um, I don't know the, the 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 nature name of it. Maybe you do, but it's called like it's it's a hot chop hot tube in the mountains. Uh, spring or how can you say that oh a uh, hot spring hot spring that's it <laughs> and at one point there was a sign on the road saying like there is a hot spring in the mountains and i was like and it was cold it was uh three thousand meter high and it was raining and it was like the temperature was around uh zero to five degrees and and i really was like having this happy moment of yes I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to this hot spring and I'm gonna enjoy it. So I went into the mountains, and after one hour, there was like a, a like a hot bath in 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 the mountains, and and it was there were no people, nothing. There was just a hot tube, and and I undressed myself and I went in, and 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 I was like, this is the greatest moment ever that I'm in the mountains that I having a tough day with rain, with cold. And now I'm just like, this is paradise. And after 10 minutes, I was like, okay, this is paradise. Hmm. This is a very lonely paradise. And I was thinking about, you know, having my friend sitting next to me 
popping a beer, cheering, and celebrate that we found a hot spring to jump in. But instead, I was just there alone, thinking, I need someone to share this with. So, so I think this is also like it goes a little bit back to also the movie Into the Wild. You know, uh, you know the movie Into the Wild. Yeah. I think I think is the the one of this this movies a lot of travelers use as an inspiration. But uh, at that moment, I was really thinking about the, that guy, you know, because he was there in the in 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 Canada in in a lonely place. And also was there alone, like having this this life where he dreamed of like for many years and then at one point really living it, but then came to realize that he couldn't share it with anyone. So, and that's the same for me. I was in the hot tube, um, like feeling this is paradise. This is completely where I dreamed of for many years and now I'm kind of here and I cannot share it. And uh, so so these moments and I had like more of these moments or when it's really tough, uh, when I was in the desert, when it was 50 degrees or the moment after my phone got you know stolen, I needed someone to share my emotions with, you know, just to cry a little bit with or just someone who understood would understood would understand what I was going through and I think if you solo for many 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 times there comes a moment that you feel well I personally experienced that then if I'm only being solo like at one point there comes a moment that I'm feeling miserable about having a life that is the most amazing ever but not be able to share it with anyone and but I learned that in my my journey my my my, my journey is that um, there is no such thing of traveling solo, and that's the most I mean that's that's the beautiful thing about it, because I'm doing this journey alone, so I can make all these decisions myself, and I can stop at one point and doing whatever I want to do, and continue at the moment I think. This is a bad place. I need to go. These are bad people. I need to go. This guy is really frustrating me. I need to leave him. You know, that kind of choices you can make. So you never are dependable of someone. When, you, when, I, when I decide to do a journey with another person, um, I cannot say like, oh, but you, not, you are now frustrating me, so I'm, I'm going to leave. No, you are doing this together, so you won't, you know, you won't go your own way. But uh, if you're traveling solo, you can always do that. And that's what I enjoy more of being, of sharing it, the, sharing the whole experience with someone else. Um, because, you know, I, I, I can just do what I want and I can take all the risk that I want to take. And I don't have to argue with someone else if I have to do something or not. And, and the other, other, you know, in, in, in the other side, I'm, I was cycling alone for five days, and at one point I was like, "Oh, I'm feeling lonely. I need to need to speak to someone else." And then I was just stopping in the city, going to a hostel, and meeting all these great travelers and sharing the stories I wanted to share with. And 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 that that's that made it like amazing because it took me from moments where I felt lonely and miserable to moments where I could 
I mean, if you, it's it's the same thing that uh, maybe I can compare it with. If you if you're taking a hot shower, it's comfortable, and when you go out, it's like, yeah, it's it's getting into the cold again. And when you take a cold shower, it's miserable, but when you finish the cold shower, then it's it's not miserable again. And I think that's that's with this. I wanted to make a connection with traveling. I I want to take the cold shower, so feeling miserable. And then when the cold shower was over, I was in a city meeting great people, and then I felt really happy about sharing with people. And um, and and at some moments, I was talking, talking, talking to another person. I was like, Oh, Hank, you have to shut down, man. <laughs> you have to cut down your words because you're talking too much. And uh, but I realized then that I really enjoyed like talking to someone else, and and I'm I'm a kind of introvert person. Maybe you not noticed that, but I'm I'm feeling introverted. I'm doing stuff alone like really often. I need some space to live by myself and to do things and to you know get back and and think about things and then you know step into the world again or some something like that. So, so yes, the balance when you can make all your decisions yourself and you can just go any place with meeting someone and sharing it and then leave again is great. But I think you need to be careful because if you're doing this too long, you kind of get disconnected from uh, other people. And even if you meet people for a short period, they're not going to be friends, so they don't understand where you come from. Uh, my girlfriend knows where I come from. We grew up in the same village, and she knows where I come from and where I'm, what journey I made. And when I'm having a tough time, I can ask, I can talk with her about it, and she would understand because she really know me. Uh, the people on the road I meet, they 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 only know me from the words I say to them. So so, and that makes it. Um, and I think that it's important to for a longer period period that you 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 yeah you you think about that because uh, at one point you you'll be like really alone disconnected from your family from your friends and only having your friends on the road, which is a great thing if you really want it and want to have that last lifestyle. But I personally um, don't want to lose a connection with my family and with close friends, but still having this own adventures and choosing whatever I want to do and live that for some period and then go back to having these connections again. Did you feel like you were getting away from that at all during this year on, on cycling to Singapore? Uh, yes. It was not tough. I mean, I um, yes, with my girlfriend, sometimes I had this experience like, being somewhere and being alone and thinking about the great moments I have with her and then thinking I want her now here but I was not um, it didn't made made me homesick so I don't I, I didn't have any moment in this whole year that I was feeling homesick but you know sometimes you have these moments that you think you know I need this person in my life or I need this person in my life so yes I added like some some parts I had like okay I'm I'm, I'm missing my friend to have these conversations or to just, uh, you know, smoke some weed and laugh or something, you know, and I cannot do it now and I'm just alone now. So, uh, 
so yes I, I i added so yeah i mean the the people you meet along these types of journeys is is so important and i feel like that's definitely something that you write about in a lot of your posts and and make clear um so is there anything that you feel like um maybe not even just this uh the rotterdam to singapore trip but in many of your different adventures and some of your travels is there like one or two things that you feel like these experiences have really either taught or solidified about um other people or yourself or people's connection to each other um yeah uh, i mean if you're traveling solo you really learn what you value and not you know so uh, uh so at, at at moments yeah you you kind of understand where you come from i mean um the person who you are it's I, I i believe it's a mixture from how you grew up what your parents taught you um and how you experienced your youth and uh what people you you hang out with to um yeah to where you where you are who you are and you can be like someone who likes to talk and being really extrovert and you can be someone who uh is really on himself and really introvert you know and and i learned that in in my travel i I learned that it's it's not such thing as introvert or extrovert it's just everyone is a mixture between um and 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 that's all i mean it's basically what your parents gave you, uh, how your blood is, and and but also the experience you have. And if I'm if I'm traveling and you know being on the road and then then and especially when I'm when I'm doing it by myself, I really learn that like each time I do these journeys, I, I learn a bit about myself, and I learn, learn a bit about how I. Uh, for example, back in the days, I was really scared to just talk to a stranger, you know, just in my travels also, and just to walk up to someone I've never met and just talk to him. And 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 I was always feeling like, oh, I'm I'm not enough, or I am um, I don't know what to say, or I'm not an interesting person, uh, just being like not confident. And, 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 and yes, in my, in my, in my journey, uh, I, because I, I put myself in, in uncomfortable positions. I was like being in a city and I was like, I need to meet people. And then I just pushed myself to go out and to go to a bar and just sit down there. And when I sat down there, I was just like, Oh no, now I'm have to talk to people, you know, how I'm going to do that. And, and. Um, and why would anyone talk, want to talk to me? And then I just push myself, push myself. And I think I've done that my whole life to push push myself to these moments um, where I needed to do something because there was no such thing of not doing it. So so I really needed to talk to someone because I was, otherwise I, I would feel miserable uh, for for many days. So I pushed myself. And then at at, at one time... I felt like the urge to talk to someone else is bigger than the fear I have to not do it. And I think that's the great thing that I learned from 
that I learned in myself and also like meeting other people, how they interact, um, how they listen. Um, some people are really being self-centered and only talk about themselves. Other people are really listening and, 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 and living what you are saying. And, 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 uh, and yes, the, yeah. And it's, it's, I, it, I think if I'm meeting people now, there is always something in this character of the person that reminds me about someone else I met before. So, so I'm like, oh, is if, if I meet someone new, I'm like, oh, is this is this character type is a little bit reminding me about this guy when I met him there, and and that's that's helping me to make a connection with this person because for the the conversation is like like really like unconscious is that we kind of know each other. We don't know each other, but we kind of know each other because I am just thinking about another person and, uh, and that's what I reflect in a conversation. So, so we, we kind of already have a conversation and we didn't met and we didn't know each other. So, um, and I think that's what traveling is doing, especially when you're on yourself, you know, you can travel with someone else and then it's more that you're sharing it and then you might be more, giving your attention towards the other person that you're traveling with. But if you're traveling solo, you're constantly looking around for new experiences. And that's what's, what's, what's make all these new experiences. Yeah. I mean, you're getting all these experiences and you're learning from it and you're learning a lot of new people and you're learning how people are. And I think the most, the most nice things to, to know is that, even if, if, if we are Chinese from Iran or anywhere in the world, we share a lot and that's that we are all humans and we just grow up in a different area with different values and different ways of dealing with uh, anything. But in the core, we just the same. We breath, we talk, we eat and we try to survive and that's it. I think that now would be a good time to bring up Iran then again because I know you said that the the immense hospitality and just the friendliness of the people in the country really surprised you and, and had a big impact on you. Um, so can you just tell me a little bit more about Iran and your experience biking through that country and, and uh, the things you did and people you met? Yes. Yes, of course. I mean, um, I Iran. I've I've heard before I went there. I've heard from other people that is like, it's it's so different because the borders are close. It's not influenced by any Western uh, uh, Western influences, and um, and I didn't read much about about Iran before going there. I just wanted to learn everything and that's what I do often in traveling I don't don't read too much about the place I go because then I have already uh, thoughts about the place and and I wanted to experience the place and learn from the people who are living there and that's what I did for Iran and uh, and the thing I learned from Iranian people is that there is there there is this this um, this giving to each other and it's not only because I'm a guest and I'm a tourist 
and because they are just nice to tourists or to guests, is that what what they also do to each other. I mean, for example, if you if you're going into a subway in Tehran, you will you will notice that people, especially the, uh, um, for the older people and the women, that when when it's busy in the subway, that someone will give his seat to someone else. And that's just a little example of of just taking a little bit more care of each other than just living our own life and uh, and just you know living beside each other and not really notice what we are doing. I mean, this is and 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 um, I learned that uh, um, that in this uh, also in the Islamic culture, a guest. Uh, a tourist or a guest is is an important person. I think it goes all the way back to 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 back in the days when uh, the Islamic uh, prophets were also traveling, and 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 because the the people in the Middle East they traveled a lot into the desert also. Um, it's in their culture that when you have a guest, you treat the guest really well. And I've sometimes heard that a guest is almost the same as a friend of God. So when you will meet a guest, you will treat the guest like a king. No matter where the guest is from, what religion is he has, is that you, you, you treat the guest like, uh, yeah, just like, like an important person. And, and, and I also, I, I already experienced it in somehow in, in Turkey. Uh, and also in other countries, but especially in Iran, there is a thing that people really, really want to take care, take care of you. It's like cycling in Iran, and 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 after the border, someone stopped in his car, opened his window, and said, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "What does this guy want from me?" But he was just checking, like. If if I am if I was okay if I need anything because he knows the country he knows the place so he he could help me if I needed some help so he he just was asking me if I need any help that's something I never experienced in the Netherlands I mean yes if I have a flat tire and I'm standing somewhere of course someone will will help me and ask like can I help you or do you need a warm coffee because it's cold or some kind of that but in Iran is more that. It happens all the time. People stopping, people giving me water in the desert, people inviting me, people um, just and 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 it's the most thing is just asking, like asking, are you okay? Asking, um, can can I help you? Asking, here is some food. Please take it because you need it. And and I, and and at some point, I really learned that this is not only that they just like having Western people in their country, but it's just like that this is a part of the culture and this is what they do. Of course, every culture has its downsides. Every, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, I'm not saying that the Dutch culture is not a nice culture, but it's just that this is the things I experienced in Iran, what really amazed me of, uh, all the people who invited me and they just gave me so much and sometimes I was coming into a village and I spent the whole day visiting family from a person 
because he just wanted to show his guest, me, to all his relatives. And it's it's place I I was uh, they took me in and and they gave me food drinks and and they took me to another place and and that was all the time to one point that I was just, <laughs> that I was cycling and 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 I was like no I need to do some some miles you know I need to go some to some place today because if I'm only saying yes to all these invitations I would not leave Iran in. <laughs> uh, before the, the the end date of my visa so I needed to, to start to say no to people and that was a really hard thing to say no to people and you know and, and when I came back from the journey I really processed all this this experience the experiences and I, I've made uh, I've met some friends from Iran and um, and I told them about my journey to, to India on a skateboard. And the reason why I was going to India, because I met a woman in Iran with, who went traveling to India later and then me, met another person. And then, uh, and then she, 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 uh, she, they, they decided to marry and they, they invited me from the Netherlands as a guest to come over to India to be at the wedding. And, uh, and that's how I came more, uh, uh, I'm more. I'm, I mean, that, like that. I, I I made some friends in 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 Iran, and 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 after it, I I had more conversations about you know how they live and why it's so that they why it's such a hospitable country, and 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 it might also be that they have a government who's really, I mean, they have a, a very traditional government, which is really hard to deal with for the modern people. Uh, women have to have have to wear a headscarf. Uh, people cannot use Facebook. Um, uh, you know they they're just not allowed. It's blocked. And uh, and and for example, uh, parties with uh, women and 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 men together they are forbidden. So uh, uh, so it's 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 somehow it's really scary to live there. But in in the other because it's it's like that there are a lot of things that happen because for example as 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 you are Iranian living in Iran you cannot go out and have a beer in a club and that's not saying that it's not happening it's not allowed so what the young people does they they make homemade beer they get into the car at night and they drive around in the city and they flirt from car to car they're just playing music, drink, drinking secretly beer in the car, and that's the way of going out. And it, it sounds silly, but it's really nice because it's like stopping at a traffic light, opening your window, exchange phone numbers, and having a new girlfriend, for example. <laughs> did you ever go on one of these little rides or party yes. rides? You did? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. And I was, uh, that's, I mean, for me, it's, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, I, I, I took my, uh, my girlfriend to Iran, uh, last year and, uh, and we were there for one week, uh, because I re- like you were saying, I really was impressed in the country and I wanted to show my girlfriend, uh, how it is there. And so, so we went for one week and then we, and then my, my friend from, uh, from Tehran who hosted me, uh, back then. Uh, uh, they they took me into the car and 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 drove us around, 
and and it's nice. It's like driving around, and there's in, especially in Tehran, there's one road. I don't know the name of the road, but there are a lot of lights, and the road is known for young people driving around there in the car. And um, and with yeah, it's it's on the one side is scary with the alcohol, but I think the government knows that there are a lot of young people driving around there and even drinking, but they let them because if it's not seen in public and if it's just under the radar, it's just happening and then it kind of is okay. I think for everyone. And uh, um, and again, these are my personal thoughts. So, 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 so yeah. Yeah, maybe other people are thinking differently about it, but that's what that's what I think about my experiences. But there's just one road and people driving around and around and just having like this music on, the window open, playing art music and just having fun like that. And it's, I mean, it's 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 amazing. And also the there are a lot of house parties where just friends, you know, go into. Uh, yeah, just just to some place and then just have beer and they uh, they dance because like dancing in public is also not allowed. Uh, there's even one story of uh, of guys who were, went dancing on a, on a roof and put the put the put the the, the video of the, the dancing they put it on YouTube and then they got arrested by the government because the government wanted to make wanted to to show that it's not allowed and you don't need you don't you don't do that <laughs> i mean that's that's just weird and but because of the way it's it's like that people do a lot of other things to to just have fun and that other things are like illegal but illegal makes it a little bit exciting and then you feel that you know it's like sitting in the back of the car drinking the beer and then at one moment like uh, the driver saying, oh, put down your beer, man, put down your beer. You cannot put the beer at the window, you know, you just have to put it down. Be careful. And, and you know, that the whole thing makes it really, you know, exciting to, to do. Uh, it's an adventure in itself. <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. to just go out. You know? <laughs> um, I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about your upcoming journey. Um, but real quick, just a quick question. Don't need any explanation, but... What was one of the one of your favorite places that you camped out at? Um, that was um, the south of Armenia, what I was talking about, the wings of Tatar. I've put down a camp that was an amazing campsite at the uh, with with a lot of mountains uh, around me, and. Um, by the way, you can you can see the photos on, on my Flickr page or uh, or at my website, and um, and one uh, one time I I took the effort in um, um, where was it in Croatia the Croatian coast I took the effort to take my bike and all my stuff over some rocks, and uh, and there you you get the view of the sea with the islands and then the sun going down was amazing. And um, and also in in uh, in, in the, uh, at the Thailand coast, it was really beautiful to camp because there are a lot of beaches. I mean, Thailand is known for its touristic, um, uh, yeah, for its touristic mass people going there and celebrate and having all these beach parties. But there are a lot of unknown beaches where I cycled and I just could could camp there, go out for a swim 
come back, eat and and sleep and on an empty beach with tropical temperatures. That's amazing. Oh, that sounds terrific. Um, I, yeah, I can. We could talk about. I mean, each of these countries you've been to, if you went across 25, I mean, we could talk about each of these for an hour, I feel like. Um, but I want to make sure that we do talk about the Russian Arctic Circle adventure a little bit. Um, so you are booked to St. Petersburg for February 4th? Yes. It's All right. In, uh, it's, it's uh, I think, 10 days left. And then I will go to St. Petersburg, uh, bringing with me my bike and uh, and some uh, <laughs> some really warm clothes to, <laughs> to go cycling there. Yeah. And so, um, I think from one of your your post kind of describing it, so you're attempting 1,900 kilometers in 30 days. Uh, each day only has about two hours of sunlight. The max temperature is about negative five degrees Celsius, with minimum dropping down to minus twenty-five. Uh, uh, sorry, dropping down to minus twenty-five. Very snowy, not very inhabited. Uh, so, how did you come up with this idea, and like, how are you preparing for such an extreme uh, adventure in terms of the elements? Yeah, well, um, to to go back and. Uh, to go back when I came back from uh, from Singapore, I like the year after I I came back like from a year of traveling and 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 trying to settle again, it was pretty difficult. I was happy to come back, but I was still was like, is this is this was this the highlight of my life? You know, because I just did an amazing adventure. I dreamed about it for many years, and then I was like coming back and having this emptiness of oh this is something that I did and I will never do again and I I and, and at, at until now I cannot accept that I did something amazing and will never do it again so 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 after I came back I was I, I started to look for a balance between having adventures and travel and starting a life here because you know I've I have a girlfriend here and 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 it's not nice for her that I'm leaving a year again so so I I want to to balance uh, having a job having uh, a house and and just being in one place in 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 Rotterdam and still being excited about doing crazy things and being on the road and having crazy adventures so I I I thought about a journey that I could put in an amount of time where my you know uh, my boss at my job would, you know, be okay with that. I would leave for some period and then come back and then still work. And, um, so, so yes. So I thought about what things I still want to do. And there are two things I still want to do. And that is one is, uh, cycling in America, um, especially, Cycling all the way from Canada to uh, to Argentina would be a great adventure, but it would take a lot of time, and maybe in the future. But for now, uh, I was looking for something smaller, but with the same excitement. So then I needed to find something that is taking uh, or being more—I don't know. 
extreme than only to cycle along beaches with sunlight. So I thought of uh, what I want to do is having one moment of my life when I was when I'm cycling in Russia, and I also want a moment in my life where I can see the beautiful northern light. So I put that together and uh, came with the idea of going uh, going for a really extreme adventure. And also that is, I mean, it's, it's I see it as some kind of, you know, Zen meditation journey where I'm only cycling in cold weather and what I really need to 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 get used to the natural surroundings, get used to cold and knowing how to 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 yeah, you know, knowing how to how to, how I can protect myself from cold, from wind, um, you know, um, no sunlight. What does it to me? Um, am I going to be depressive? Am I going to be? I don't know. And the whole thought about this being sleeping in minus twenty temperatures is 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 something that really excites me because it keeps me awake. You know. Uh, each morning I take a moment to meditate for, for just 10 minutes or just to, to start my day, like, you know, not going into my day directly, but just, you know, start my day easily. And then I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. And if I meditate and think about nothing except just that this is it, then I would get bored. I think it's just, just me wanting to have something to look forward to, which is crazy. And, uh, and and now I meditate and think about being in the Arctic Circle in Russia and not knowing what's going to happen. So uh, so I think a combination of all these uh, these things makes it that I want to do such an extreme adventure, and in just one month to come back and uh, and and start working again. Do you always uh, try to have something then to to look forward to, whether it's in a month long adventure? Or I know a big um, or a section of your website is dedicated to micro adventures. So do you always try to make sure you have something on the horizon that you can plan for and and look forward to? Or do you have you found that when you don't have something like that, it's when you enter maybe get into some motions and and enter a more depressive state? Well, I I just you know. Um like the depressive state, I th- I don't think you can really. I mean, sometimes you just feel down. I mean, I have it, and 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 then it's a period of feeling down, and then there comes a period of feeling good. But I always, in the spirit of feeling down, just live like there is not anything that takes me down. So just ignore the emotions or the feelings that I feel depressed, but just doing the same thing as when I'm feeling good, only it takes more energy. So, so yes, um, uh, like one of these great concepts, it comes from Alistair Humphreys. Um, and he's, he, he kind of made the concept of micro adventures. He, he came up with it and, and that, that really inspired me to, um, you know, I mean, I, I need to accept that I'm here now. I'm in the Netherlands and I'm building up uh, a great life with a job, with, a, uh, uh, with an amazing girlfriend. And, and that's, that's a choice. That's a conscious choice I make to be here. But I cannot accept that this choice will, will 
just cut down all this exciting adventures and traveling uh, by myself because I wanted to do it by myself. And, uh, and, 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 and being here at one place and still having adventures, I mean, it's, it's, yes, it's the Netherlands. Yes, it's flat. Yes, it's rainy. But there is a lot of things to do here. And uh, there are a lot of beautiful nature parks where I can go for just a, a night cycling. I can go to the, to the, to the seaside and just camp out um, um, one night at, at the sea. Um, just for a record, it's legal, but, you know, if no one sees you, it's, it's okay and it's really enjoyable. But... Um, uh, yeah, so so I'm I'm always looking for for new experiences and and yes, I'm living in a city now and I'm don't I don't meet a lot of travelers to share the the, the ideas and dreams with. So sometimes I just make a micro adventure. The last one I did, I went to Belgium because I heard of a of of, of a woman and a girl who 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 stopped her house everything who just had a bicycle and some stuff. And she went working at farms, ecological farms, as a volunteer. And she don't have any money, and she just lives like this. And she goes from place to place in Belgium and the Netherlands. And I was like, I need to meet meet that woman. I need to hear hear her stories and hear her ideas. And then I going cycling to Belgium for two days, and then I camp along the way, and then I meet her, and then I have great conversations, and I'm really filled again with excitement of living and in a very ex- adventurous way because I've met someone who's very adventurous and I have great conversations and then I go back to my job and uh, it's not that my job is boring but it's just that I need something to keep me going from being not bored so it's kind of helping me to not get bored before I get bored something like that so uh, so yes, so 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 I do small adventures. Um, I, I I walked with a friend the, the the west coast of the Netherlands all the way over the over the sand. Um, I've I've been for two weeks to Scotland to skateboard. I've been for two weeks to India to skateboard and going to that wedding, and that's how I fill my days with each time a new adventure and a new way of traveling or a new way of feeling excited about life and doing something else and learning new people and learning new experiences. So that's how I now try to balance uh, the working here and the having these amazing adventures and then coming back and work again and then look for something new. And I think this gives me a lot of energy to do the stuff I do in Rotterdam. And it gives me a lot of, um, uh, um, I mean, I also, when I go to, I mean, this is also the thing. When I'm going to Russia and I cycle in the cold, I can relativate things more easily, which are happening here. People are buzzy here about whatever things. And when I'm in Russia, I'm thinking, you know, all the things which stress me out in my job, it don't, it, it's not, I mean, it's not that big deal, you know, because we are all part of nature. And at some point, this is what matters and not you know, running around, having meetings, and then do things which basically are, you know, disappearing in a few years or something, you know, like that. So it keeps me balanced between going out, travel, meeting amazing people, and being in one place, enjoying and accept 
that my life is here. When when you're trying to look for uh, when you're planning these adventures or, or things like that, are you is there any sort of um, commonality that you are hoping an adventure can include? Like I know that you are very uh, or you seem to really appreciate nature and mountains and the desert and, and snow. So when you're trying to plan a new adventure, are you trying to make it around some sort of theme, whether that's nature or people, or are you just looking for something to push you out of your comfort zone and help you grow and challenge yourself? Yeah, I both. think a mixture. Yeah, yeah, I think a mixture of all these things you just mentioned. Um, but I think I think the first one I would would choose is is challenge. It's like if I'm going somewhere and I'm going to have a holiday and I'm in a hotel and I'm laying at the beach, I would get bored very easily. Or I needed to read a really exciting book. <laughs> then it's probably okay. But if, if I just do that, I will get bored. So what I would look for in, in travels and, and is, is that, that, that excitement of, of a challenge. I mean, uh, when I'm going to the Arctic Circle, I know that it's very cold there. I've never been in such cold temperatures, so I don't know what it's going to do with me. So, And that challenge to deal with that is, is, is making a journey for me uh, worth to look forward to. And, um, and, 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 and also, I mean, I could choose for Scandinavia to do this, but then Scandinavia is a more Europe-orientated country, and the people there live similar lifestyles as we do, only in a different region. So, uh, um, but for example, I would pay with the same currency than I would pay here. And, and that's why I'm choosing for Russia, because I know it's an amazing country and it goes back years and years. And, you know, also the communism, how it grew up there, how it, how it developed and how Russia is always like the, like a sort of, the enemy of America, why it's like that, and why these two fight a lot, and how it influences a lot of other things in the world. You know, it's that's that's also a, a, like the history of a place where I go is also uh, a reason why I go to some place to explore. Because um, if I'm if I will be in Russia, I will meet people, and they will act some kind of way to me. If I go to Thailand and I meet people, they will act some kind of way to me and the way they act to me it has all to do with how their culture is and how it developed over the last few decades and and i'm really if i meet people i'm really interested in why are they acting like that for example why are people in iran so hospitable and why are people in Germany more cold or why are people you know so all these questions it's it makes it makes it makes traveling like like worthful and um and 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 what I want to do each time I, I did it on my bicycle also if I'm going to a place I'm not a Dutch guy I'm not trying to be a Dutch guy in Russia or in Thailand no I try to be really the Dutch guy who becomes a Thai person or a Thai 
over a Russian person or so I, I really try to adapt the culture and for example when I was with my bicycle in China I sat at restaurants and I was annoyed by all these Chinese people eating their chicken and throwing it on the ground I was like you know why do you do you do you do that that's so disgusting and at one moment I was like yeah but it's their culture you know that's the way they do so I need to accept it and I need to copy that because if I copy the, 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 the things they do here, I would understand it. So I, I, I also, you know, would eat my chicken and throw it on the ground and have the feeling of, okay, now I'm a little bit Chinese or something like that, you know? So, so yes, so if I want to go to a place where it's different, um, if I go to Germany, it's just that it's Germany, but they almost have the same lifestyle as the Dutch people. So... I would choose for Russia. I choose for the other side of the world to experience really the different culture. And that's also something that really excites me in traveling. Sorry, I know we're at uh, 12.03 right now. Do you need to get going? Um, no, I mean, there are not people pushing me right now. So just you uh, uh, can just end it, relax, and maybe have some more stories. And uh, just go and let it, you know, end when you have whenever you want <laughs> okay i'll ask one or two more questions and then uh we'll uh, we'll get down to the end but um so you do talk a lot about or maybe not a lot but a few of your posts are about goal setting and and a category of personal growth um kind of what we've been talking about and i really liked your article on setting goals and you know new year's resolutions and taking that time to really pause and reflect on your life and what's going on, where you're at, where you want to be. And some of the categories you had were focusing on a single attribute about yourself that you'd want to change to become more of the person you want to be. Um, other ones like three goals you'd want to achieve by the end of the year and certain habits you want to work on. Uh, and I'm curious if you're willing to share any of your responses for these or, or what you wrote down for maybe one or two of those, if you're willing to share. Um, yes, of course. Um, yes, that's, that's, that's the kind of the, the, the cycle I, I, I learned myself to, to do is that I'm it's each year around uh, Christmas, new year. I, I just write down uh, the things I value. I mean, I've, I have a few questions how I do it. I, I ask myself, what, what is something I, I, I want myself? Like a few years ago, I was having like enormously fears when talking to strangers. So at that time, a few years ago, I wrote down, I want to be, I want to feel comfortable when I'm talking to strangers. And, 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 and another question I ask myself is what are the, what are the people I want to surround myself with? So, so what 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 do I value in these people, and why do I want them to be my friends? I mean, it sounds it sounds maybe it sounds a bit weird, but it's like the people I surround myself with. It's it's I I think it's the the I think the five closest people who surround who I surround myself with the the average of that people is me you know so so if, if, if i have if i have four friends who are married who are having kids 
I'm more likely to have been to go marry and have some kids in, for example, one year. If I have four friends who are all traveling and having adventures and don't care about marrying and having kids, I will likely to go also traveling and uh, and having adventures without caring about settling down. So, and I try to have a mixture of people in my life who really balance me in that because I value to settle down, but I also value traveling. And I believe it's possible to have them both. So I would have people in my life who inspire me to have them both. And that's how I think consciously about, you know, who are they and why why do I meet them? And also um, making new friends. What I, do I look for in, in new people? I mean, if I, if, if I meet a new friend, maybe it's nice to have a friend who inspires me more about something, you know? So, so I write that down uh, each year and I also write down um, my habits. So now I'm trying to, for example, I'm going to Russia and it's cold. So I can, how can I prepare on cold weather? So yeah, now I start up in the morning and uh, take a cold shower. And, you know, and, and that's what I wrote down in my resolutions. Like I want to uh, I want to have more cold showers, <laughs> for example. Um, some other habit is that I, I for a long time already, I wanted to speak another language that, uh, besides uh, uh, Dutch and English uh, and German. So, so now I, 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 I try to push myself to learn Spanish, um, and 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 that I that I'm now I'm pushing myself to learn Spanish. That's also because one day I want to traveling, I want to go traveling Colombia. And if I'm in Colombia, I'm only speaking Dutch and, uh, and, and English. I cannot communicate with the people there and I could not learn how the culture is. So now I'm, yeah. Uh, so now I'm trying to, to, um, to learn Spanish to at one point, and this is the motivation. I think you always need the motivation to learn yourself one habit. Because if you just learn it from, uh, I mean, it's the same what they always say. Like if you're saying like, I need to lose 10 kilogram because I want to look good. It's not going to motivate you to lose 10 kilogram. But if you say I need to lose 10 kilogram because I want to make first at, uh, at some game or some thing which really gives a reward then you might likely to achieve the goal. So I always want to think about, okay, I'm, all, I'm, I'm also working on my salsa skills. So how, how can I learn better salsa? Well, then I need to learn the, uh, need to understand salsa music better, to, uh, to understand the rhythms, to understand where it comes from. Oh, it comes from Cuba. So I need to learn something more about Cuba to understand why salsa is salsa. And, you know, and, and, and one day I will be in Cali in Colombia and I will go into a bar and then there is salsa. And I want to want to go along and dance salsa. So I make myself a goal to learn to dance salsa. And I think in this way, your travels become more interesting also if you think about, I'm going to Thailand. But what am I going to do in Thailand? I'm going to get wasted on the beach or I'm going to meet Thai people and understand why they are Thai people, and uh, why Thai people in back in the days 
said to the French people, oh, if you want to invade our country, don't invade, just come and settle down. And there was no war. And maybe that influenced how Thai people are now and why they are so friendly and why they are so warm, why it's a warm country, you know. So so I these goals I write down, it's all connected to to the ideas I have of, of, of going somewhere uh, and really experience the place where I am. And uh, and I think if I'm looking at these goals back in the day, I was I know that I, I was thinking about it when I finished my my education uh, in in uh, in economics. So I had the goal to finish my education in economics, and I had the goal to save up four thousand euros to go travel. And for two years I had the goal, and at one point I managed to save it. So 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 I think it's all coming down to dividing your attention to the things you most likely to have the most rewards from. Can I say it like that? So just that that you don't do things that is coming to your way, but you don't like it, but you do it because it's important. But you choose to do the things which are maybe less important, but gives you more in the long term, something like that. And uh, and I do it this each year. So now I can look back what I wrote down at 2012 and see what I wrote down at in 2012 and see what I am standing now. So I, I also see I'm conscious about, okay, back in the days I was really that shy guy who didn't want to go out and meet people. And now I'm comfortable in going out and meeting people. That's amazing. So I can give myself a little reward about achieving something because I think it's really important to stop sometimes and not only think about what I want, but also stop, look back and just celebrate what you have achieved. And if you can, if you don't know what you have achieved, you cannot celebrate it. So that's why I write it down. And that's why I'm being conscious about what I write down. And, uh, and yeah, and I think, I think the most important thing about over goals are habits. I mean, if you have goals and you state goals and you try to achieve them, but you don't practice them each day, it's more likely that you're going to fail in achieving a goal. But if you learn yourself to, to have habits and these habits are connected to what you want to achieve, then you can really build something and and then you really change in a way that makes you like the person who you want to be uh you don't have to get too deep into this if you don't want to but what were some of the ways you found to help yourself um kind of get out of your shell and when you were trying to uh find or more easily approach people and talk to them and not feel uh, a little bit uncomfortable talking to strangers? What were some of the ways that you found helpful in in able to develop that comfort with that and being more social um, that allowed you to, to develop those skills? Um, I think the most thing that, that, the thing that I, that, that, that helped me the most is accepting the fears I have 
and and also seeing why why I want to do why I want to be more social. Um, um, the, re- the like the answer to that question to make that answer bigger than myself. So if I'm only looking at myself and think this is why I want to be more social, then um, then it's only myself, and I would feel more likely because I'm only seeing it as something that I want, and it's in my own hands to just say like, oh well, but it makes me so uncomfortable right now, I just let it. It makes me so uncomfortable right now that I just I I I I don't want to work work on it anymore. And but for example, to think about um, to think about a bigger goal of a bigger mission of really um, for example if I want to be um, a Russian person in Russia I cannot go there and only cycle in the roads no I really have to stop somewhere and approach people so the bigger goal in that is that I see that this whole adventure is going to another enjoyable level if I am comfortable enough to approach people. So it's not only about myself and being more social. No, it's about having an amazing experience, what even is more amazing when I'm, you know, uh, learning myself, these habits of going out and just say, hey, how are you? I think that that's the that's the first thing I would uh, I would say that, that really helped me to 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 work on it even more, and and the second thing is just just go out. I mean, it's it's really easy to sit at home to play a game or to watch Netflix or uh, films or series and just. I mean, it's good to do. It's not. It's not how to say that's it. not good. But if you really want to be another, or you want to learn a habit, then you need to go out. And 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 what I learned is that at first I had the fear, like of going out, and 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 the fear of being rejected. And but at at some point you get to understand by doing it a lot of times. I mean, the first time I would freak out talk to a stranger, freak out, and, 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 and the conversation would be really uncomfortable with me saying, hey, how are you? And then he would likely or she would likely look at me and say, why are you talking to me? And that awkward moment would fade into more awkwardness because I would freak out. The best, the, the baddest thing what happens is that I just say, Oh, um, I have to go now. Bye-bye. Whatever. Someone you will see probably once in your life and you feel like a freak, but that's it. But if you understand that it's just a rejection or uh, that you that is just a rejection that you reject yourself, no one rejects you. It's just you make yourself uh, awkward and uncomfortable. And... Like all these things I'm now talking about, you learn by going out, and each person is different, and each person is 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 likely to to to
to be to be different and approach it in a different way and also tell to other people what you are doing and 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 for example if you tell your friend that you are awkward of going to talk to strangers and your friend knows it then it will likely push you more into talking to strangers. the thing is you want to do it but you will stop yourself from doing it because you are uncomfortable with it but if you leave that comfort and just for once tell people that and that people know it then you would likely be more in the situation that um, that it will happen and you just need to go out and talk and just feel awkward a lot of times to the moment you don't feel awkward anymore because it's a process of change and you cannot change yourself by reading a book and then thinking that it's that way and then it helps to read a book and then uh, practice it but you need the practice so you need to go out and just put yourself in that position you are you're having fear with and that's the same for adventure of traveling you would need you need to go out to some places where you think you know, I might be get robbed there it might be dangerous there but at the point you are there you having the most ever best exciting adventures you wish for so you need to just step out of that um, known word to the unknown word, and then you learn from that. I, th I think I, th I think that helps to just go and feel awkward, and then you will see. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's a good place to kind of wrap up. That's some really good advice, though. Um, but is there anything that we or I didn't bring up or I didn't ask or we didn't really have a chance to talk about that you would like to touch on before we end? Well, I, I think it was a great conversation and you really hit the, um, I mean, you really hit the good, uh, the good spots about, you know, traveling and about, I mean, um, and also the talking a lot about the balancing of, of traveling and yeah, I think I think it's it's pretty good. I, I like the questions and I like to talk about it. So, uh, so thanks a lot. All right, appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so there's so many more questions I have. I mean, we could talk for hours. I feel like, and um, but you know, to keep it a little bit manageable to listen to, we'll we'll keep it around here. Um, but I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your journey in the arctic circle will you be uh writing blogs or doing videos along this journey or will you wait till after you're back for those um well i i want to i want to write the the stories on the road um it's it's a little bit dependable on what kind of villages or cities i will cycle through and what opportunities i have with the uh, internet connection but uh, I will definitely write uh, things down along the journey and publish it at one point and making amazing photos and also put that online. And I'm also working on to make a video about it, but that will be more like a short documentary after the journey. And I will just um, yeah, publish that after I'm coming back so I can edit that on a, on a, on a computer because the quality of this episode of Singapore, they are great, but the quality is really bad uh, in these images. So, uh, so, so, yeah, I will, I will blog on the way and 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 uh, and 
when I'm coming back, I will I will also make a, make make a, a, an ebook of all the stories and the photos I make. It's like a free free ebook I'm gonna make, and uh, I will I will get it available on my website after after it uh, after the journey is finished. All right, and if someone wants to reach out to you to maybe ask a specific question about any of your past journeys or just say hello or show some support for your upcoming journeys, uh, what would be the best platform for that? Is that sending a note on your website or Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or any of them? I can link them all in show notes too. Well, I, I think the best way to is just to ask and write a, write a message on uh, on my on my, my web uh, blog. It's uh, hankvandillen.net, and in the contact page, you can just reach out to me and ask uh, questions, and I will answer them. And I really like to answer them. So, uh, so if you have any, please ask me because I really want to help and inspire other people to you know. Uh, to travel because yeah, travel is just great, and I think everyone should do it. Um, so so yes, through my website, um, you can also try it through Facebook. But I'm kind of cutting down on Facebook. I'm re- I'm only posting um, post on my page, and uh, but I'm trying to cut down on my personal page Facebook because it's so many information. So I think the best way is to uh, to to just send me a message on my website, and then I will get back at, at you as soon as possible. All right, and yeah, I'll, there's a luckily for us English speakers who don't know Dutch, you do have an English version of your website as well. So I'll make sure to include that in the show notes. Um, yes. But yeah, it, this is terrific, man. I I really am looking forward to to hearing about the Russian Arctic Circle adventure. And I mean, if you're up for it, once you get back from that and settle down a bit and and whatnot, you know, if you're willing to hop on for another interview to talk about that and some other stuff. I'm definitely open for it if you are, and we can talk later on, but just know that the invitation is always available or extended. Thanks thanks a lot. I, I definitely will, because I like to talk more in depth about uh, about adventure and traveling, so, uh, so just let me know. All right. Uh, well, yeah, best of luck, man. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Reach out to Hank if you have any other questions or to wish him some good luck on his journey. And until next time. Hey, everyone. Lee here again real quick with the question of the episode, which is, after listening to Hank's story about losing his Garmin navigation system, Have you ever been happy or relieved to lose something material? In other words, have you felt like a material thing has been a burden for you? Head to edgeofcomfort.com forward slash EOCP14, that's the number 1414, and leave your answer or story in the comment section at the bottom of the blog post. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to reading your answers. Until next time.